Welcome to your most visionary life. On this weekly podcast, I sit down with visionary humans and ask them the one question that you probably want to know the answer to. How did they create, launch, and scale up the business of their dreams? My name is Kelsey Rydell, and I am the founder of Visionary Life and The Visionary Method. The intention behind all of our content is simple, and that is to plug you into the people, inspiration, and information that will help you create your own most visionary life. As you begin to listen to the episodes, you'll discover one obvious and common thread, and that's that we all have a little bit of visionary inside of us, but perhaps somewhere along the line, someone told you to play small, to play safe, and that led you to live an ordinary life. This show is going to help you consciously create a life you love on your own terms. It's in you. It's in all of us. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Visionary Life Podcast. I have my most amazing co-host here. Say hi, Dave. Hello, hello. <laughs> um, why don't you start off by telling the listeners how your day's been so far? Because oh. you have these mics warmed up for us. Yeah, they're warmed up. It's hot in here. Um, it's another 30, 40, God knows what degree day here. And I had a friend come down from Kitchener, actually the guy from my podcast, Adam Esposito. And we did- Shout prob- out, Adam. Yeah. We did probably two hours of podcasting with our new setup here, so it was exciting. It was, yeah, we, the mics are definitely warm, and yeah, you were eager to jump in, so I was like, let's do well, it. Well, I got a little bit jealous, so I watched Dave and Adam, well, listened and watched them record probably four, five episodes. Yeah, I don't know yeah. what you guys were doing, but... Anyways, it made me a little bit envious that I wasn't on one end of the mic, and I was going to ask both Adam and you, but he had to head out. So anyways, I thought that this is the finale of season three of Visionary Life, and who better to bring on than my husband? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it, today was fun. It would have been nice if Adam had stayed. Uh, he's got a very good outlook. He listens to your podcast, and that's kind Aww. of what sparked him to continue doing ours. So He's they're two very, very different podcasts. But yes, he is a visionary. You don't even listen to my podcast, yes, I do. Dave. Um, but before we move on and kind of chat about today's topic, I just wanted to hear uh, from your feedback. How is the podcast going? Are you liking doing it? Maybe just share a little bit of the journey and how it's unfolded to the listeners because I know for a fact that many people listening have been toying with the idea of starting a show. Yeah, I would say it's it's very easy to start. Um, but I think once you actually get going, like we've done, I think we're on episode 25 now or something like that, which is crazy. It becomes easier to talk in front of a microphone, which is a lot of fun. Um, obviously, like whatever, initial investment, super cheap, easy to do. It, it takes a bit of background reading to learn how to do this. I kind of understood it a little bit beforehand, so that wasn't, that wasn't what I was nervous about. I still haven't really promoted this thing yet, which is kind of funny. That's another story for another day. But I, um, I think the hardest part about creating a successful podcast is making sure like, I mean, we're busy in our day-to-day lives. So coming through and having like a good agenda and having good prep and meeting these podcast notes, it's tough. Like a lot of times we'll just like, we don't do interview styles. It's me and Adam and maybe another guy once in a while. And we do, we chat about sports. So you kind of have to know your stuff. You can't just jump. I've done it before where you jump in like last minute. Okay, I think I know a lot about this. But then your content suffers. So the only thing I'd say that, and I enjoy it, but you you do have to block off a bit of time to make sure that you're prepared. Mm -hmm. Like anything. though. Yeah, it's a good reminder too. I know when I started Visionary Life uh, almost two years ago, 
I, I had no idea what the time commitment was going to be. And it's not just the one hour that you're recording the show. You need to think about prepping the show, editing it, mm-hmm. marketing it. So it definitely is time consuming. And that's why I would say so long as you love the medium of audio and podcasting, it's so worth it. Like, Yeah, no, nothing about this feels like a job. No, close. it should feel enjoyable. If you're right. hosting a show, you should love it. Yeah, right now we've got all the fans off in the house, so I don't have to edit them out after, but I'm starting to think that was a bad idea. We've been podcasting in this heat with all the fans off all day, and this place gets scorching hot. So it that's the only part insane. that feels like a job right the now. things <laughs> that we do to get an episode out, and I'm leaving this one to the wire because it's already 7 o'clock Does on Sunday night. Does it go out tonight? Yep, every oh. Sunday night, Who ed- Dave. Who's going to edit that last minute? <laughs> I will edit this oh, one. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> Who edited my podcast before you came around? Me. Uh-huh. <laughs> Anyways, uh, thank you for that update. I, I love watching you guys do the show, and it's so fun to hear the conversations. And as one of your subscribers, I will say you do an amazing job. It's, it's funny to see how far it's come, even though it hasn't come far. Like when you consider when we started in that basement in new jersey our first podcast it's hilarious i still have a photo of that on our instagram but now we have microphones and like it's it, and, and and like a real setup and it was hilarious today we we're in our bedroom aka studio and i see a little phone slip over the wall <laughs> to take a picture and it was so distracting but i thought it was awesome oh, so i yeah, gotta see I that to picture. Send you that picture yeah. so yeah we, uh, we have a half wall in our <laughs> house so i snuck over the half wall and i took a photo of them like aerial view podcasting it's just hilarious. Like living in Toronto, we don't have a ton of space, but I think we are living proof that anything you want is possible. Um, and you can't blame your lack of effort on space restrictions. No, <laughs> no, just uh, maybe heat restrictions. Yeah, heat but... restrictions. So yeah, we're we're sweaty. So we're gonna keep this episode a little shorter, just so that we don't melt completely like canadian fashion though just complaining about the weather nonstop. yeah this is like the daily chat i think i don't know if it's an ontario thing or a canada thing but all we talk about is the weather for good reason because it fluctuates a ton we don't live in california where the weather is 20 degrees every single day and beautiful so we have to talk about it because it throws us a curveball every morning when we wake up yeah and it doesn't help that i just decided to cook us dinner uh, and I turned on the oven to 400 for two hours. So, uh, yeah, that, that made the suffering a little worse. But anyways, let's move on to today's topic. So both of us actually celebrated 30th birthdays this month. And on my 30th birthday, I was working. Um, I took part of the day to hang out. And then part of the day, it was a Thursday. Everyone else was working. So I sat down with my laptop and I wrote out... 30 lessons learned in my 30 years. And I gave myself 20 minutes only. And I just thought, I want to see if I can spew out 30 lessons. And I had no agenda. I just wanted to write freely and see what I came up with. And so that turned into a list that I thought I would share a few of those on the podcast and we could talk about them. And I also asked you earlier if there were any lessons that you had learned and you gave me a couple of really good ones too. So in honor of turning 30, I thought we could use this final episode of season three just to share a few life and business lessons and things that we have learned um, in our years on earth. Not that we've learned it all, 
We are not the all-knowing beings, but at least if we share something that resonates with one of the listeners, uh, hopefully it can help at least one or two people. So awesome. are you on board with that? Yeah, of course. Do you well, want to start with a lesson or... No, I, why want... don't you kick it off? Let's, okay. Yeah. And I have yours written down so I can refresh okay, you on them. Uh, so let me start with the first lesson. And it is actually a goal that I had this year, starting 2019, but it was to listen better during conversations so that you can create better conversation. So when you're having a chat with someone, obviously it can go one of many ways. You can kind of be listening, but also just thinking about yourself the whole time or thinking about what you're going to say next. You could maybe just be tuning the person out because you think you're not interested. But one of my goals this year has actually been to really listen and understand and consider their perspective so that I can have better conversations with them. That's what do you funny. think that's, about that? No, that's, uh, I, we didn't talk about your stuff that you were going to bring up, but that's so funny because when I started podcasting, I have a, I'm notorious for talking probably too much and I found it hard to shut up. But then when you actually listen to yourself on your own podcast or however you decide to listen, if you actually take the time to listen to what you say, I found myself talking over people instead of listening. So it's been like a very, very conscious effort, even when I podcast. And then I, from that, I brought that to work and even to like social outings, let other people talk. Like I'm, I'm way too quick to jump in and ramble and I talk too fast sometimes. So I'm working on slowing down. I think podcasting really does teach you that because you're right, during my first few episodes too, I used to jump in on someone's thought, like they'd be talking, sharing their journey of their business, startup or whatever they were chatting about. And I would interject like in the middle of their sentence, but that's not listening, right? No. Like they, they should be able to complete their thought before the host breaks it up and cuts them off. Very true. No, sorry. I'm also having a little chuckle right now. <laughs> I feel like I'm a little, uh, I'm looking at you wearing headphones. I don't think I've ever seen you with over ear headphones on right now. <laughs> I only wear <laughs> earbuds. I couldn't help but have laugh. <laughs> you know, you're very serious and delivering an awesome message and I'm sitting here just like, I'm this sweaty is the- <laughs> with headphones on. Uh, okay, this sorry. Sidetrack. I'm not laughing at that, though. Go on. And Good. part of that, too, is also adding in the, um, the intention to be curious. So listen and be curious with what you can ask next that will deepen the conversation a little bit and that will not keep the conversation so surface level. So anyways, that's one of my life lessons. Dave's giving me hand signals over there. And yeah, I'm telling you to get closer to the mic. I don't saying. No, you just got to get closer to the mic. There might be some marital arguments going that's on all right. in the background here. <laughs> no, no, no. That's just how these things work. But no, it's it's that's really something I didn't even think about. And I'm glad you brought it up because it's, it's not just about, for me, not talking as much, but listening and really like listening isn't an innate skill for me. Like I have to concentrate and it's kind of strange to think that when someone's talking to you, you can, I can lose train. Like right there. I was looking at your headphones. Like how great, like that's a great example. Like I was listening, but it's, it has to really like eye contact and all that stuff and figure out where is this conversation going? And it's, it's not as easy as you'd think. I think most human beings, we are so self-centered naturally that yeah. we kind of walk around and carry on our day only thinking about us. Mm-hmm. But it's so important to just stop and yeah, listen to others. So you can learn so much from other people, right? Yeah. And but then there's people. I also know some people that you tell that you're talking with them and they're so quiet that you're like, 
are we done? Like, yeah. <laughs> but they're just processing and they're yeah. very methodical. They're listening in their and they're formulating their next right. thought. But sometimes I just spit something out and it's like, that didn't make any sense. Or yeah. I don't dig deep enough for my words sometimes. Yeah. Well, most of the time. Okay. So let's move on to one of your life lessons. So mm-hmm. one that you shared with me earlier was that if you haven't experienced failure, you'll never succeed. Ooh, that's deep. Ooh, deep. Wow, you were really deep well, thinking. My one before was I didn't I didn't know if you wanted bigger no, life lessons good. or or small. I mean, I think you could tie that in with a lot of stuff. And while we're here talking about podcasting and some of the stuff I've been working on, um, for me, it's just it's been time spent on on learning at new programs or almost like a new language. Um, I used to spend a lot of time doing video editing. So getting back into it, like this was when I was maybe 18 to 22 and now I'm 30. So I loved it, but getting back into it took a lot of effort and it's a lot of time. I don't know. It's not failure in the sense of like something went horribly wrong, but it's failure in the sense of it took a long time for me to learn these things and, you know, delivering products to you or myself or whoever, or whatever small client that it didn't go as well as I'd liked and it's improving in con. So I don't know if it's like it's not constantly trying to fail like that's a like a succeed thing but you have to push yourself to try new things and it it realize that it's not going to be perfect the first time and i get hung up a lot where i won't do something or release something until i think it's perfect without actually realizing that even 10 years down the road when you're doing what you do whether it's podcasts or whatever and it's you're never going to think it's perfect like you constantly strive to be as good as you can but you kind of have to like release your content or release whatever you're doing when it feels good like not not always trying to get this perfect perfect thing out like you get you start spinning your tires and you never actually end up getting anywhere so for me it was yeah like try new things fail in the sense of like you're gonna learn but yeah i mean And I really do believe that for everybody who we are looking at going, wow, they're so successful or good for them. They finally wrote that book or they got that dream job that they wanted. For every success they've had, they've probably had 10 to 20 failures that got them there. And that's not a statistic. It's something I made up. But I've heard quotes like that. And it's the people who fail the most that also succeed the most. There's a correlation, right? Because they're constantly trying new things. And I think one issue with this and uh, one reason why we avoid failure is because society kind of shows us that failing is negative, right? We don't encourage failure so much because even the word is a very depressing, um, shameful, and it evokes negative emotions. It's like, oh, I I tried to start this business and then I failed. What we should be doing is celebrating the failures, going, good for you for trying because you're probably one step closer to knowing what you do want to do to succeed. And actually, um, have you heard of the company Shopify? So they put on these events both in Toronto and I think in many major cities. I know they're in Kitchener-Waterloo area too. They host events called Fuck Up Nights. Have you heard of it? No. So what they do is they've decided instead of just always hosting these speaker evenings and having someone come on stage and be like, I'm a million dollar business owner. I started this agency or this company or this successful product. Well, 
they've kind of flipped that and they bring in business owners who have failed and they call it fuck up nights because they want to shine a spotlight on people who have failed and learned from it. And they, the failed business owners actually share their lessons learned. And how much more practical is that than always hearing people who are preaching their successes? Sometimes it's nice to know that we're all human and we can relate to people uh, on both sides of the equation. There is, um, what was it, Brain Station? They have that. Yeah. And I went to one of them. I think you were like, you got to go. There's a beer company's Ace <laughs> Back Hill. Back when I was pushing Dave to get into self-development. Yeah. So I went to this one. It was a smaller startup company that it made beer and they made it big really quick. And yeah, you kind of listen to their story with their their 45 to one hour story of how they got there. And it's just not enough. Like, you know what I mean? Because you can't ever copy or model something exactly off of somebody, like how somebody else did it. So I kind of was listening to it like, something's missing here. Like, how how does, you know, how how is this, Paul? How did they do this? And how did they get their financial backing? And it just, I don't know. I didn't find it all that helpful. Whereas when I hear about how people failed and then, you know, turn that into a positive or how they worked around it. To me, that's more constructive than hearing about all these success stories. It's like, okay, that's great, but I really can't relate to that right now because I'm not getting a win. Mm-hmm. I, I just saw this quote from one of my favorite authors and speakers on leadership, John Maxwell. And he says, the difference between average people and achieving people is their perception of and response to failure, right? So I think we all need to work on our response to failure. If you start a company and it fails, if you apply for a job and you don't get it, if you try to run a marathon and you actually have to drop out after five kilometers, that's okay. Just change your perception and your response to that failure and say, you know what? I didn't get it this time, but at least I was able to put in the energy to apply. I learned a lot in the process and I pushed myself outside of my comfort zone, which is building my character. So it's all in the way we respond to it. And Again, I do think we are conditioned, uh, whether it's from our parents or society, that failure is a bad thing. It's like nobody wants to quit a job or lose a job and then go shout it from the rooftops. That's terrifying, but we should. Um, and and there shouldn't be shame around it because it's a good thing. I've failed so many times. Like it's it's kind of insane to think about some of the the speeches I've given that have gone terribly or. Uh, some of the business ideas I've started that now I no longer do because they didn't work out. But I can say those were my most teachable moments. So nice, an important lesson. Um, okay. Do you want me to read one of my lessons or do you want to do your other one? No, let's hear your next one. Okay. This one is kind of my motto for the Visionary Life brand. And it's been the background of my computer for at least two years. But it says, when you stop listening to the noise of the world, you can start tuning in to yourself. Does that one make sense to you? Can you say it one more time? I wasn't listening. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks a lot. Last time I bring you on the show. No, no, no. I just didn't want clarification. Here we go. So when you stop listening to the noise of the world, you can start tuning into yourself. Yeah, I think that I don't really understand. I think that could be taken in many directions. And the way I, when I hear that quote, I think of like, our parents have given us everything and we're so lucky, but they have preconceived ideas of how things should be done based on the way they had it done. Right. So if it's not, don't listen to 
don't listen to what people tell you, but often sometimes there will be advice given to you by family or whoever. And it's not that it's bad, but it's the way that they did it. And it's the way that they believed was right. So if you can, we've seen it in the past, like our biggest one was travel. We really wanted to travel. I always wanted to travel coming out of high school, but family or my mom was kind of like, eh, you know, like it's big dangerous world out there. Don't go traveling. And I, and I didn't for like a couple of years until I met you. And then it was like, well, we're going. And my family never traveled. My mom never did. My dad never did. We, we, I mean, we would go down to Florida here and there, but we never did anything big and explore, exploratory. And after we traveled and kind of showed, you know, my family that it's, it's okay, it's safe, and it's actually amazing, then they decided, oh, like now my mom travels more than anybody. So yeah, it's, it's, I know what you mean. Is that the way I read the quote? I don't know. Yeah, that, it, I mean, for me, it, as soon as I read that quote, and I've modified it a little bit from the original, but as soon as I read it, I realized that I can live life any way I want to, but I have to drop these timelines and trajectories and what society deems as normal and really listen to what do I want out of this lifetime yeah. in life, in business, in relationships, in travel. Hey, easy there. What? <laughs> in relationships. Drop I it. I want to have multiple husbands. <laughs> <laughs> but truly, and honestly, at the end of the day, what I want probably looks a lot like what society deems as normal. But I'm constantly challenging myself. Is this my belief? Is it my belief that you have to have a house by 30? Or is this something, yeah, or is this something that I, I deem to be um, the right way, but really there's no backing behind that. And I just think it's so um, important as we get older to listen to our inner voice, right? Yeah, it's like the whole gut feeling thing. I've it's like you could but... read 900 books on how to raise a child, or you could go inward and think, does it feel good to um, let my kid travel at one year old to Costa Rica with us or does it not? Because some people would be like, oh my gosh, like that's scary. Don't do that. Um, and that's just an example. But again, like, are you going to read 44 articles from all these expert gurus or are you just going to tune in and be like, what do I feel is right in this and situation? And you can couple that too. But yeah, you can get skewed pretty easily by reading everybody. I mean, I'm so guilty of that. Like I, I look, what do you call that? I seek out permission. I don't know if that's yeah. the right word, but I, I often. Like reinforcement. I, yeah. Like when I have an idea, good, like a good one was, I was kind of thinking about getting a tattoo. What was the first thing I do? I talk to you. I talk, like I just, I float yeah, the idea out to people, people. But like internally I, like externally i'm saying like hey like i'm just kind of talking about it but i know like internally i'm just i'm looking for yeah what would you say it was a uh, like reinforcement or yeah i'm looking for that backing mm -hmm. and i do that all the time and i've i, I don't know why but I, yeah. i've been like freaking i think a lot of people do, do they think what do you think what do you think yeah. of this but it's like wait at the end of the day what they think doesn't matter because yeah. it's your life um and yeah i also think that's an interesting point because in my coaching program, the visionary method, we just finished a module where I encouraged all of the students to share their business idea with a few people and ask for um, criticism on it, right? Like share it with your husband, share it with your neighbor and just say, hey, I'm starting a nutrition and meal planning uh, business. 
uh, here's who it caters to. I'm going to set up a store on this street. Do you have any advice or feedback? But I always give them the caveat. You're not asking for permission and you're not asking for feedback on whether you should start it, right? Right. You're asking for devil's advocate. Is there anything I'm missing? Are there blind spots to my business plan? You're not soliciting people to say, that's a bad idea. Why would you start that? So I encourage them, have that conversation up front. Be like, I'm starting this business or I'm working on this plan and I I don't really want to hear your opinion on whether it will be successful or not. But if you have any constructive criticism or feedback, I would love to hear that, right? And I think it's important to open up those conversations without being fearful that people squash your idea the moment they hear it. Because I think that's what a lot of people are nervous about when it comes to sharing an idea that they would like to bring into reality. That's interesting, though. Like When you solicit advice, you're going to get different feedback from different people depending on who you ask. Right. And it's personal. It's subjective. You kind of have to be careful. It's, it's like, like, be careful who you, you ask. Right. Like, <laughs> it is. Like, if you go to like a review page and you read online reviews on Amazon or something, you get this wide range of stuff. People go all head and see product, and obviously, it's going to be great. It's different. I mean, like, if somebody's using the word product, and two people have very different opinions on it, it just goes to show you that when you solicit feedback, take it with a grain of salt, the positive and the negative, right? Because in the end, your heart has to be in it, and you have to make sure that you're formulating what sounds right to you. So even though you're, you're reaching out to people, like, I don't know, it, that's tough. Like, who are you surveying? Is it family members? Are they friends? Are they enemies? Like, what? It's, but yeah, it's good to do. But just always don't, you know, don't get too, it's like, um, there's a good expression in sports that's like, you're never as good as you, you're never as good as, what is it? You're never as bad as your worst day, and you're never as good as your best day. Yeah, so and true. It's like, it's like the ego trip yeah. up, down. So like uh, I've heard the head coach of the Maple Leafs say it. When the Leafs are on like a 10-game winning streak, the media will ask like, wow, you guys are on fire. You know, you're going to win a Stanley Cup, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you know, we're playing really good right now, but you need to ground yourself a bit. You're never as good as you are when you're at your top, and you're never as bad as you are when you're on a 10. So he'll, they'll be in a slide like on a 10-game losing streak. And it's like, yeah, no, but we're, you know, we're, we're struggling right now, but we're, we know we're better than this. We're probably always somewhere in the middle. So when you get advice, it's like you get the highs of highs and the lows of lows and real, you know, probably somewhere in the middle. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's like, okay, well, what do I feel about yeah. this? And you have to always come back home to that thought. All right, let's throw it back in your court. Uh, one more lesson that you gave me was to take time for yourself and schedule in the things that you want to do. What do you mean by that? Schedule in. Can you say it one more time? <laughs> this is your advice. I know, I know. Okay, but I, I don't remember being that long-winded. I thought yeah, it was more so methodical. This was one of the life <laughs> lessons that you gave me okay. was to take time for yourself. Yes. And you also said that it's important to schedule in the things that you want to do right. versus let them be left to chance. Like, will I get around to reading my book tonight? Right. Or should we say we're reading from seven to eight? So let's start on the first part. Why do you think taking time for yourself is an uh, is a life lesson? Like, didn't you always do that? Mm-hmm. Oh, come on. <laughs> You're being the devil's advocate here. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I've learned to take a lot more time for myself recently, but it can be very easy to try to please others. And I, that's awesome. Like, I'm very much like that. I, I love going out with friends. I love doing all these things with other people. But then I've learned now, like, I'm not an ex- experience i'm experienced in work but i I, i've spent a lot of time now working and 
it's very easy to go Monday to Friday, get up on a weekend, go out to party or meet up with friends, do a barbecue, do this or that, come back on Monday. And it's like, I haven't taken a second for myself. And that's not that big of an issue until it starts to compound. And you kind of look back at the month or the year or the decade and you go, what have I, what have I done? Like, what, what do I have to show? It's like, it's like looking at your bank account when all you do is, you know, go out and entertain, which is great, but it's like, what, what have you, what have you done? And if you haven't, if you don't have anything to say that you haven't for yourself, then I don't know. It's, it's just, it's an empty feeling. So I don't know if there's a whole lot of meaning behind it other than you, sometimes you look in the mirror and there's like, there's nothing there. So you got, you got to make sure that you're checking off a goal, doing the stuff that you want to do, even if, um, even if you don't have somebody else to do it with. Mm -hmm. And learning to discern between the plans that you're really excited about and the ones that you're like, no, like I don't have to do everything. I don't need to be out and yes, about that's all the point. time. I used to have this, I don't know, issue where I I had to schedule every minute of every day. And, yeah, and we were the exact opposite. Yeah. And I would be out at events or out at the gym or teaching fitness classes every morning and then I'd work all day and then every night I actually had a fear of taking time for myself like I was afraid to be at home alone and I didn't like that so I overscheduled myself because I just wanted to avoid being having unplanned yeah. time I have no idea but I think a lot of people suffer from that like they're really? just they're doing things just to do things. Do you think people suffer from overplanning? Because I, I think feel so. like you're, you're I think an anomaly. people are afraid to be alone with themselves. Really? Oh my God. I think me. people are really scared of what would happen if they had to sit at home with their own thoughts for four hours or for an entire yeah. day. And, and you know me, like that's, those are the, I cherish those. And that sounds I very introverted. I have love but, those yeah. days, but I never used to be like that. Like I have really flipped the script, but... I've realized that I now need that time to think. Like how often do you have time to think? And like with nothing else stimulating you, no TV on, you don't have work projects you have to deal with, you don't have to rush off to volleyball practice, just having unscheduled practice. time. Practice, yeah, we don't practice. <laughs> but having unscheduled time where you're just like, I'm gonna sit here at home, I'm gonna mosey around, maybe do some laundry, do the dishes and and think and just do. Do you look though, you're... <laughs> your thinking alone is still doing stuff. No, you know? <laughs> and I mean, there should be yeah time when you're actually just relaxing. I, but on, honestly, I've gotten in the habit of going to bed with a really, really good pot. And again, that's a thing. I yeah, guess it's not, still doing. <laughs> right, but it's like, it's, <laughs> but, it's, it's listening or learning about the things that I want to. Like, so, you know, I've, I put on a podcast something I'm really dedicated to and I'll listen to it and that's my time. Or, yeah, I, I do have a lot more alone time than I, I, I've ch always cherished that. But what was the second part of that, that mm. quote? The second part of that one was to schedule in oh, the, yeah, the self-care time, and, right? And, and yeah, I I never used to do that. And I have gotten better at it. Still a work the, in progress. To, to the point now, though, where when I say to friends, hey, let's get together. It's like, literally, guys, if we don't schedule this in to the point, like, not I'm just not, and it doesn't. So it's we've gotten really good at being like, okay, like a month from now, there's a Saturday I'm available because it's gotten that busy yeah. in our work life. So yeah, we just know now that if you don't schedule, it's not going to happen. Maybe that's just a little bit of experience being like, yeah, we, we know that if it's not scheduled, then we're effed. So we've gotten a lot better at scheduling. I have at least, I know you've always been good. I've learned from mm -hmm. you. So, yeah. 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 I think that's so important. And I think people think of scheduling things in as like things with friends and going on vacation, but scheduling in the self-care or alone or uh, just the time for yourself 
that's important too. Like you have to treat yourself as you treat other plans. So yeah, no, absolutely. if that's what it takes to get it done, then that's what it takes. Yeah. Um, anything else you feel like you want to share that you've learned in your 30 years on this planet? Any other life lessons? I don't know. I, it's funny. Like I don't, obviously you don't feel any older on your birthday or anything like that, but you never feel, I never feel old. Like I never feel like I have enough wisdom or I, whenever somebody's like that one, two, three or four years older than me, I don't see myself as a person in, in their thirties when I was 20. Like it doesn't, I don't feel more mature or more or older or more wise. It's just so, a day that rolled over. Yeah. Like, you just kind of, I don't know. That's I think like people I, asking us, how does it feel to be married? I don't know. I, nothing. I don't, like yeah. the same. Change, nothing changed. Yeah. It's not like our relationship was flipped around the I moment think, we got wed. <laughs> I think what I learned or I've learned to date would be to trust your own instincts a little bit more because you know, everything to me is, ex- is experience related. Yes. I'm just saying like, you can ask as many questions as you want, but if you're not actually going to doing them and trusting them, you just, you just get a little bit more faith in your decision-making. That's all like, and, and knowing that the consequences are never, you know, as long as everybody's healthy and yeah. okay, you're never going to, nothing. Nothing is that detrimental. Right. I mean, within like, perspective. Obviously, yes. don't gamble away all your money if you hey, feel you intuitively that's what you want to do. <laughs> Unless you want to <laughs> double down. I got this intuition that I should put $100,000 on red. It feels good. Yeah. <laughs> it feels good. Oh, I love it. Um, one thing I also did on my 30th birthday that I don't think I shared with you yet was I wrote down 30 goals for my 30th year. Do you want to hear some of them? Yeah. yeah. I'm not pushing this here. Let's keep it short because I'm about to combust i agree okay let me share them quickly because i know the listeners they like this kind of stuff so yeah, for sure. here we go here's just a few of them in no particular order as a way to wrap up this show so um number one commit to one month of no drinking alcohol <laughs> that's a random one um learn more about the zero waste lifestyle i want to make better kombucha i want to create a mastermind of business owners I want to record 10 podcasts with Dave. I want to do a 150-kilometer bike ride. I want to populate my dream home vision board on Pinterest. That's a good one, eh? That'd be fun. Um, I want to learn how to batch work. So, like, for example, do a bunch of podcast recordings and set them up for the entire day. I know. You guys, you need to teach me. I want to open wine from France on our anniversary. Oh, that's have that bottle. Okay, well, not, well, don't do that one with the no drinking for a month. I want to, yeah, that's true. We're going to have to find different times. <laughs> a couple more here. I want to uh, help 50 clients and students go through the visionary method successfully. I want to pay my taxes on time next year, which I did this yeah, year, good, yeah. but every year tax season is a nightmare for me. And can, I, can I take a step back to the previous one you mentioned? Oh, yeah. You said you want to hit with 50 students through the vision. 50 students. We, I've talked to you a bunch now about these different online programs because I've started to notice them pop up. I don't know if it's Google's listening to me or whatever, but yeah. I've started to <laughs> been targeted with a lot of them. I'm like, these are really cool. And I'd like to start investing in some of them because I, I, I just think they're amazing. And you told me that there's a lot of people who will do these, not, not your program or but any in particular, but commitment to these programs is so important. And I know that what people financially invest, but it does take a lot of work. And I think that you pointed it to me was it's important to have people enroll in your program from a business standpoint, but it's 
almost more important to have them go through the program successfully, not only for you and testimonials and blah, 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 but like that's, that should be the goal of a person running the program, not just like, you know, take your money. And that's, that's not the point of it. If you can't help people grow and part of them growing is completing the program. And I've seen you on these web calls with people and on phone calls, like dedication beyond just here's your course package is like, that's what I'm looking for. Um, and the one that I was going to enroll in I had a question for the person doing it and they never got back to me. And That's I was like, insane. I'm like, if this is kind of where communication a lot, like, you know, I'm spending potentially over a thousand dollars, a couple thousand dollars on this program. I, I, yeah. Like I, I want, I want more than the course package. Cause I mean, truthfully, a lot of stuff you can Google today, but pulling it all together is, is half of it. And then the other half is having that feedback to bounce off the instructor. And like, I was never good at, quote unquote, just online classes in university, because that's not how I learned. But there were online classes that I took in fourth year that were like way more integrated where you would actually have like these Skype calls and FaceTime me's where you go and talk and I'm like, okay, this is where like prep me or arm me with all the stuff I need to have, but then help me through it because you need motivation. So yeah, that is an awesome goal. I think that's mm -hmm. sweet. Yeah, I think that's why I said like I want fifty Complete clients and them. students to go through it successfully. Successfully, yeah, right. Because like it yeah. doesn't count if fifty people buy it, but then none of them that's not actually. The, that's I that's mean, not why I'm in this. No, it's so. not the purpose of. Well, I mean, I, you can understand how obviously there's two sides of the story, but the whole point, the whole point is to arm people to grow it so that a your testimonials grow and b they can hopefully succeed and help you grow too. It's like a symbiotic relationship. How about that? There's a science word of the day. Well, before we wrap this up, I do want to give a quick shout out to one of our favorite stores, Healthy Ooh. Planet. Um, you and I, we've been shopping there for quite a few years, more so me than you, but I've been. You've been, and I think you appreciate that store too. Uh, Healthy Planet has been such an amazing partner of the Visionary Life podcast, and I really am grateful for their support of the show uh, when they said that they wanted to partner with me and sponsor the show. It was really nice that they believed in my vision, just like I believe in their vision of making healthy food and grocery items accessible to everyone across North America. So if you're in Ontario, there are tons of Healthy Planet stores that you can shop at if you're looking for incredible natural beauty, if you're looking for uh, your supplements, your sports nutrition. I get a lot of our gluten-free pastas there um, all my nuts, seeds, cacao nibs, smoothie ingredients, the list goes on. And the best thing about them is that their prices are truly the best you can find. Um, and you can shop online at healthyplanetcanada.com. So I just want to share quickly a discount code. And Dave, you could use this too. So if you want to do some of the grocery shopping for us and have it delivered to our doorstep, you could punch in this promo code and Done. save yourself 10%. Okay. So anyone listening, if you are curious to see what Healthy Planet offers, you can shop by department, you can shop by brand, you can shop um, all these very well curated specific um, navigation menu we items. Want the code. We, want, we the want the code. code. <laughs> so it's a really accessible shopping experience. So I love them. If you haven't already checked them out, healthyplanetcanada.com. And you can use code visionary10 at checkout to save 10% off any online order that's a minimum of $49. So get that total up to $49 and you are good to go. Nice. And one thing, I'll, I'll piggyback on that. There, um, I hate grocery shopping because I'm no good at it. I get lost and frustrated. So I go with Kelsey and she's awesome at it. 
But the coolest thing about Healthy Planet is like it's more of an experience than it is just like walking in there to Loblaws, which is nothing mm-hmm. wrong with it. Because it's but smaller. It's like, smaller and it's yeah. like, I don't know, it just seems more open to ask questions. There's not shelf stacks so high you can't see the next aisle. It, it, I just find it way easier for me to get around. And it's like I, I equate some of my grocery shopping experiences to going into an Ikea where like I don't know how to get out and I just have like a panic attack. So I don't get that at Healthy Planet. So if you are one of those people who do, it's more of an enjoyable experience or an outing than it is grocery shopping like a town. Oh, what an awesome testimonial. There you go. So that is it for season three of the Visionary Life podcast. We are going to be back the first week of September. Okay. So just uh, about six weeks of a hiatus. And that's just so that we can enjoy our summer so that I can create fresh content for you. And I'm going to be pre-recording a lot of amazing, amazing interviews to come. So are you going to have new music? new mu- uh oh. we're gonna keep the music okay. but i am re-recording some fresh intros fresh outros um things are gonna change and maybe some new cover art too so i hope that you're loving the content that we're putting out for you and dave and i work really hard um to make sure that there's an episode waiting for you every single sunday night so thank you so much for all your support um this community around the podcast has been beyond what i ever could have imagined even when I get a random tag on Instagram of someone saying I listened to the show I'm still astounded that people have found me um, or the show randomly and that means the world when you guys reach out and let me know that you're listening so have an incredible day and I will talk to you soon thanks girl. thanks for listening to this episode of visionary life Did you learn something new or are you inspired to take action on a new project? If so, please get in touch with me on Instagram at Kelsey Rydell or in our secret Facebook community. Just search Visionary Life by Kelsey Rydell on Facebook. Please rate and review this podcast on iTunes. It helps us share the stories of visionary entrepreneurs with more and more people. If you're interested in working with me, just head to KelseyRidal.com. And if you've been thinking about joining my 90-day business coaching program, please reach out and book a free 15-minute call and I'd love to chat with you.